Greetings, USC, and welcome to Spark XM, your hub for all things entrepreneurship at USC. Every week, our listeners are able to tune in to Innovation, where we interview prominent USC students and alumni working on some pretty cool stuff. There is yet to be a platform to learn specifically about what's going on within the USC entrepreneurial community. We hope to inspire our listeners about their potential by uncovering the stories and thoughts of our guests. And we are incredibly lucky to welcome Riley Testat to the studio. Riley, welcome. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for having me, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. And yourself? Splendid. And next to me, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only, Grant Glinner. Hey, Mark. What's going on, man? Not much. Sitting in the studio, having a good time. Hey, me too. And uh, to the right of me, we're joined by our very own guest, Ricky Hu. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so there'll be uh, three moderators for the conversation today with Riley. And before we get started and hand it over to Riley, I just wanted to give our listeners a background on who Riley Testet is. He's a sophomore who hails all the way from Dallas, Texas. Fun fact, lived in New Zealand for five years. He also happens to be the producer for this podcast, so we decided to bring him up to the surface this week so you could hear his voice. Nice. Do viewers want to hear his voice? Hello? This is my voice, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I've only ever seen it in 140 character tweets. So this I know, is, it's um, like crazy. Wow. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Phenomenal. Riley, in the time I've gotten to know him, is extremely passionate about the things he does, and I hope the listeners will be able to feel his thirst for life exude through this podcast today, exude through the audio. What Riley is perhaps most known for is GBA for iOS, an emulator that allows you to play Game Boy games on iOS, which racked up almost 30 million downloads. Was it more than 30 million? It was about 26 million. 26 million. Not bad. Not bad at all. I've seen better. Have you? Yeah. Have you, Grant? I'm, just, I'm kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so now Riley's working on some other pretty cool products, which we'll let him delve into. Anyways, that's enough about me, enough of hearing my voice. Let's hand it over to Riley Test It without further ado. So to start things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your interests, skills, experiences, just so our listeners can get a better sense of who you are? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I guess the obvious answer is I'm an iOS developer. I like making apps. It's really cool. Um, I started doing that like years and years ago. And then since then, I've just been like working from home on my laptop, doing lots of cool things, which works because I can be, eh, I like to relax a lot. And so being on a program just like for my bed or something is really nice. Um, other stuff, I'm a huge, <laughs> huge Nintendo fanboy. I love everything they do, which makes sense given Game Boy Advance stuff on iPhone. I just love playing video games. I love just, like, hanging out with friends. More importantly, though, I like sleep, and I like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> two huge things about me that you got to know. Important. Most important, on top of everything else. Uh, they're not sponsoring this podcast, but if you'd like to give us some money, Chick-fil-A, we're open to it. This is true. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah, on that note, tell us a little bit more about GBA for iOS for the, the listeners who aren't as familiar with that um, that realm of product. Okay. Um, so GBA for iOS, where do I begin? It's this app that you could download that allows you to play Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy Color games, or even original Game Boy games all on your iPhone. 
without having to jailbreak your phone, which is a huge deal because personally for me, I just wanted to play Pokemon Emerald all the time, but I didn't want to go through like the hassle of like jailbreaking your phone and not getting all the updates from Apple and blah. So basically, blech. yeah, blah. It's awful. I hate jailbreaking. So I was just like, I just really want to make this one app that people can download and then just play the games they missed from their childhood. And that was the entire motivation behind it. And it was just really lucky because I happened to come across some code online that, like, went by Zod TTD, who made, like, an original uh-huh. emulator for iOS and G- called GPS Phone. And I found it on GitHub one day. I was like, huh, I wonder if I could take this code and somehow turn it into an app other people can use. And so I spent, like, several months tinkering, like, with this code, getting it to work. The first time I tried, the thing I was using to program was like, hey, there's over a thousand errors. This is not going to work. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm going to try anyway. And so for several months, I just kept working on it and finally got, like, a working version. Mm-hmm. And I released it. Like, I put the code online, but there was no way to release it to everyone. So it kind of just, like, stayed there as, like, an app you could download if you were a developer. And then a year later, this new service came out that allowed you to essentially install... Like, you could download code and allow anyone to install it from a web browser. It's called Mac Build Server. And as soon as I found out about this, I was like, wait a minute. This is awesome. I can use this to allow people to download this app without going through an app store because Apple does not like emulators at all for many reasons. And so I tried the service out, and basically after I did that, people started downloading it. The hype became real, and then suddenly just, lots of people were just playing Pokemon on their phone. It was wonderful. Wow. So... Obviously, you're not in jail right now, but... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. He's on parole at the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can see the ankle bracelet. Uh, oh, um, man. Did you ever have a, like, a run-in with the law or in, in the process that you were making the GBA files? Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's a little issue with legalities. So we released GBA, and then it was really cool. And then we decided, hey, let's make, like, a really cool, like huge update. So we made GBA for iOS 2.0. took like seven months or something, built up a lot of hype about it. And then we released that February 2014, I think it was. And then, uh, like a couple months later, we got an email from Nintendo essentially threatening to sue us if we didn't take the app down, primarily citing copyright reasons. And, well, first we were really freaked out because we had no money, no way to fight freaking Nintendo. But thankfully, my friend Paul, who was the graphic designer for GBA... He, his, he had a friend whose dad was a copyright lawyer for, like, this type of stuff, which is really convenient. And so we met up with him. We talked about everything we needed to do. And he was basically saying, it's kind of just like a threat. They're trying to scare you. They have no legal basis if you get rid of all the Nintendo logos and everything from the app. So me and Paul debated, and we decided, we'll just do that. We'll get rid of the logos and put it back up there and hope they don't sue us. Oh, man. <laughs> it was terrifying. But... It worked out because we put it back up. We haven't heard from Nintendo since. Mm. So, so can people still download GBA for iOS? They cannot download GBA for iOS. And why can they not? Several months later, and I, it was on my birthday, October 7th, they released a new iOS 8.1 version uh-huh. that killed the date trick we were using. So basically to install GBA, we, had, we used this weird security loophole where if you set your date back by a day, you could download apps from the Internet that Apple had tried to shut down already. <laughs> and because people really wanted to play Pokemon on their phones, they found this weird workaround, which was amazing. Uh-huh. But it was a huge security exploit that you could just set the date back and essentially <laughs> yeah. download anything. So I don't blame Apple for shutting it down, but yeah, that was kind of a sucky thing to hear on my birthday. Like, oh, <laughs> sup, uh-huh. Riley, we killed your app. 
Hope you don't mind. Out. They knew it was your birthday. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff happens on like important. Like one time I was on a cruise and then drop. No, GitHub got mad at me for hosting the app because it was taking up too much traffic. And so on the cruise ship, I had to find another way to distribute the app. That's really hard to do when you're in the middle of the ocean. Cruise ship internet is pretty much from like 30 years ago. Yeah, it was <laughs> it awesome. doesn't work. I was like, why couldn't you just like wait a week or something? <laughs> oh. Can you talk more about? The reception for GBA for iOS, kind of how 26 million downloads, that doesn't come out of nowhere. It doesn't. Like, can you talk about, like, was it like one day that it all suddenly rapidly exploded? What was the story behind that? I remember kind of the the very beginning, because it was my junior year in high school, and this is after MacBuild server I'd set up with, and I started seeing, like, a few posts on Reddit about it, and I saw, like, some YouTube videos being made. I was like, oh, this is actually this is kind of cool. People are, like, making this, these tutorials on how to download this app. And then I started getting, like, a huge influx of followers, like 10 a day and then started, like, 20 and then, like, 50 a day. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. Because before all this started, I had, like, 200 or so Twitter followers, which was, like, kind of average for my high school. My high school was really weird, apparently, because we used Twitter, but we, no one used Facebook. So Twitter was, like, the social network. <laughs> And so I had, like, an average amount of followers, but a lot of my friends had more, and they're like, hey, Riley, you need to get more followers. I was like, okay, fine, maybe. And then I started getting all these, like, lots of followers, and I was like, oh, this worked out really well. So then I remember getting lots of followers, and I saw, like, some news articles pop up on some publications, which is really cool. Like, one of the websites I used to read all the time when I was, like, smaller or younger, (laughs) when I was a smaller human being, iphonehacks.com. It was, like, I think the first iPhone or Apple website I started reading, they posted about GBA, and that was, like, a really cool validation for me that I managed to make it onto, like, one of this website that started me off in the very beginning. And then just for me on that, I saw more and more people talk about it. Twitter became a huge place for me to talk about GBA, and people would, like, start following me and, like, hear about stuff I had to say, which was really nice. And then, but that was all, like, the first version. After I released the second version of GBA for iOS 2.0, that's when I intentionally built up hype around it. And so, like, one day after we released that version, one million people downloaded the new version. And from then on, it was, like, 100,000 downloads a day for a good while, which was insane. Damn. And I just couldn't believe it. So a quick peruse Mm -hmm. of your social media accounts. Twitter specifically, you were mentioning how Mm -hmm. Twitter was a thing in high school. Shows that you've also amassed quite the following. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, how that came about? How it how like what's how does it feel to have thousands of followers that rely on your tweets or tens of thousands tens <laughs> of thousands <laughs> it's it's weird I'm not gonna lie it's definitely a different like dynamic than when I had 200 because now I have to, essentially now I have to tailor my tweets to my followers which means I have a lot of like people in junior high mm. which that's the biggest like junior high and high school. But because it's all the junior high people, I have to make sure I keep my tweets most, like, in fact, entirely PG-13 for the most part. So it, I have to be very careful about what I say. I don't want to just, like, post about illegal things. <laughs> and I'll just, like, stop there. But it's still nice. It's really nice having... It's like anything I say, I can get a response back. So I can ask people questions, and I will get answers. And it's nice not just shouting into a void and having no one shout back. Sometimes I shout into a void, and hundreds of people shout back, which is another thing but i don't know it's kind of fun i really like having the follow race because i really like all of them so yeah 
Yeah, and uh, as someone who's interacted a little bit with your follower base, um, they're always hungry for more information on your projects. So before this before we true. get before we get into maybe a little bit of that, um, just like let's take a step back and what what makes you decide that you want to approach a project or an app, and what makes you feel like you should be the one to take that on and solve it? It's a really simple process, and it's just does do I have a need for this in my life, and do I want to fix this? which is exactly what GBA was. I wanted to play Pokemon on my phone, so I ended up making an emulator to let me do that. Or the very first app I ever made, I was like, I wanted to be able to, like, to shoot people with, like, play a game like shoot people with, like, virtual lasers. I think that would be a really cool app idea. What so was I, that called? It was called Shoot Around. <laughs> and it was just made because I thought it would be a really cool, fun game that you could play. And, yeah, it was really, really awful. Like, the design of the app was all made in Microsoft Paint. The icon was made literally Microsoft Paint using, like, the circle tool and, like, the diagonal line tool to make lasers. It was bad. But, I mean, it worked. And then the next app, Camera Prime, was built out of, I just wanted to have a better camera on my phone because I really liked photography at the time. I guess I kind of still do. But the built-in camera app didn't really do much. It didn't have, like, anti-shake. It didn't have a timer. didn't have, like, a burst mode or anything like that. So I was like, what if I could make, like, this app that could do everything? Because there were lots of camera apps at the time, and I paid for a lot of them, but none of them had, like, just the right features that I wanted in one. So I was like, I'll take my, I'll try my hand at making my own. And so that's what I did. And that was my first foray into, like, professional app development because I charged charged money for that and got, like, a decent amount back from it, which is really nice. But, yeah, everything I've worked on has just been because I wanted to work on it, and it would help my life. So we were talking a lot about your professional app development. Yes. Um, but obviously everyone has interest outside of work, right, and app developing for you. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that um, you invest a lot of time in that's unrelated to, I guess, like app developing? I, well, like I said, I really like sleep. I come <laughs> in with sleep. I really like dreaming. Dreaming's really great. It's a nice way to escape into, like, another world. And following that... For a long time, and I guess I still am, I'm very obsessed with lucid dreaming. It's this technique where you can essentially control your dreams and everything, which means you can literally do whatever you want as soon as you teach yourself how to control it. And the con- learning how to do it is really hard. And so I spent months and months perusing like lucid dreaming forums and everything, like learning the best techniques to teach yourself how to dream, like using like reality checks to check if you're dreaming or in a reality, kind of like Inception, that whole thing. So do you do this every night then? And like, do you remember every single lucid I haven't done it in a while. I have this lucid dreaming mask that like flashes red lights in, oh. your, in your eyes when you're in REM sleep. But it also makes sounds. I mean, you can turn the sounds off, but I like the sounds. And I have a roommate right now. And so it's more inconvenient to do that because <laughs> I don't want to wake him up whenever I'm dreaming. But also... That's not a sentence you hear every day. <laughs> don't want to wake him up when I'm dreaming. <laughs> true. But also... You, it requires a lot of sleep, and recently I've not been getting enough sleep because of school and projects and everything like that, which makes me sad, but that's another story. Nice, nice. So, um, back, back to the apps. Back, <laughs> back to, to the those. apps. You, uh, you have a new project you're working on, correct? I do, Grant. You should know a little bit about it, too. Uh, yeah, I do know a little bit about it. Um, I'm, I'm working on some of the design with Riley on uh, his next project, which is called... Delta. Delta. Very uh, creative. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, first of all, where, where did that name come from? The name actually came from a lot of things. I remember I started working on this about a year ago at my grandma's house. And I just sat down for this brand new app idea. And I sat there for a good five minutes like, what do I call this? And I was thinking, 
I don't want to call it something like GBA for iOS because that's a stupid name and it's too many <laughs> syllables and I hate saying it out loud all the time. Sorry for people who like, who like that name. But, and so I was trying to think of what could convey what I wanted to do with this app, but also be easy to say. And so I sat there and I was like, oh, wait, the icon for GBA is a delta. That's kind of convenient. Also, delta means change. I want to show that it's like a different thing. Um, delta also means more my sisters and my mother are all in Tri-Delta, mm-hmm. a sorority. And I was like, that's kind of cool to bring that in. And oh, there's another reason it's called Delta, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but anyway, there are multiple reasons. I was like, hey, I think Delta's a nice name. I'll just go with that. And so since day one, it's been called Delta. And so that's not just a code name. This is what you're... This is the actual name of the app. It'll be called Delta. Okay. And so, so far, you've revealed that it's uh, a GBA emulator, once again, and also an SNES emulator? I've hinted at that, but yes, that's what it is. It is a Game Boy Advance emulator and a Super Nintendo emulator. Nice. Um, and so it's by doing this sort of multi-emulator situation, what are you hoping to accomplish and just make feel different about the overall experience? I want just one centralized place where you can play all of your favorite games from your childhood. Because right now, Game Boy Advance is like a huge thing, but I know people enjoy it. I got so many requests for Super Nintendo emulators. Hot Serial on Twitter, Sean Wilkins, he was one of the biggest proponents of, hey, you should make a Super Nintendo emulator. And so I finally thought, okay, I'll do that. But there are lots of emulators, well, there are a few emulators available for iOS, but they all feel kind of janky and, like, not great. Or they'll work, but I just feel like the experience could be better. So I wanted to make one that's a great experience for everyone and can do essentially everything anyone wants it to do. Right. And so for, for people listening who aren't too familiar with the scene, you your your job isn't so much to code the software that emulates the platform. Your job is more to wrap it in something that makes it feel nice using it, right? Correct. Everything I'm using for GBA and for Delta, it basically it wraps around an existing open source like library. So for example, GBA for iOS is wrapped around Visual Boy Advance, the core for that, which is like a desktop emulator to play Game Boy Advance games. Delta will use Visual Boy Advance again, and I'm also using SNES 9X? That's SNES 9X. And so that's the core for the Super Nintendo part. And the reason I do this is, first of all, well, actually, there's only one reason. It's because these people who made this are so much smarter than me, 100%. (laughs) And they spent years and years developing these cores. And so if I wanted to start from scratch, it would, first of all, take me years and years times 10. And then, of course, I could just use it now and trust that they've done the right things. And they really have. So it makes things greater for everyone. Right, yeah, and like I've I've been using emulators built on these things for like forever, uh-huh. and so it's cool to see that you're approaching it for more of a how can I create a great product rather than something that just works. It's very similar to how OpenMU does it on the Mac. Right, I know that if if anyone's listening who's like a fan from Riley's Twitter feed, they're probably wondering: Is there anything that you can tell us about Delta that hasn't already been revealed by your teaser video or by cryptic tweets about honey mustard from my Twitter account. Yeah, thanks for that. Grant. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. Can you wait? Can you talk some more about this honey mustard after? I, I don't yeah, know. What's so going yes, on. so Riley Riley got me a number of followers just by tweeting that I'm doing design for Delta. Um, and so yesterday I tweeted that honey mustard is like the um, shiny Pokemon of the condiment world. Because uh, it's like it's rare, you don't nice. run into it much. It's like the special version of a normal condiment. Ugh, you nerd! Shut up, Riley. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. And then one, one of Riley's followers tweeted me, being like, "Hey, can I get some Delta hints?" And I was, I said something like, 
who said that my last tweet wasn't. And then he was, he like retweeted it and he was like, what does it mean? <laughs> I was just messing with him. Um, but yeah, can you, is there anything that you can tell the listeners about Delta that has not been shared? Oh, I mean, there's plenty I could share if I wanted to. But I mean, we got to keep a lot of secrets for a while. We got to slowly reveal it. But I like the tweet that you sent follow up. What was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy, the guy kept, um, Giving me more stuff. He's like, "Hey, uh, can you just t- when are we gonna get more info?" I, I shouldn't talk about him that way because he wasn't he wasn't like ooh because it was text. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, pressing me for details." I see. Uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you got me." And I was like, "That was a hint too." So what? Why was that a hint? It was a hint because grand reveal. <gasps> drum roll. This is gonna sound really unexciting <laughs> to anyone who's not part of Ratley's fan base. I wanna, I wanna. Point okay, it's out. a very small feature, but all the controller scans for this new app will actually show you when you press a button. Ooh, really? So if I press the A button, it's gonna look like it's being pressed down. Yes. And if I press down on the directional pad, it's that's gonna look like it'll, it's pressed down. It'll too. look like it's and being pressed down. And if I press down. both of them at the same time, Though they will both be pressed down. Incredible. I know. Groundbreaking. Seriously. Huge. That's. But, the reason I, I mean, Grant actually has been pressuring me to do this since like the very beginning, and I was like, no, there's no need for that. And I played this like Game Boy Color emulator that's like in the web browser on your phone, and they did that. I was like, okay, it's actually kind of nice. This is a nice like added bonus feature. Yeah, it, it just like makes it feel a little bit more like you're using a real device. Yeah, the reason I was against it mostly was because I liked the third party skins, and I wanted them to be able to still have a huge third party collection for Delta, and I figured it'd be too hard to add this on top of that, but then me and Grant figured out a nice way to make it so it's easy. So yeah, third-party skin developers, you'll also be able to have button presses on your skins. I know. Exciting for everyone. Yeah. Uh, So, on top of that, uh, is there any other feature that you think you can tease today? Yeah, here's an actual like huge feature. Well, eh. It's pretty big. Yeah, I think it's pretty big. So, GBA for iOS in the name is for iOS devices. It's for iPad, it's for iPhone, but there's now a newcomer to the iOS scene that Apple calls the Apple TV. Ooh. And what's nice about the Apple TV is that it essentially oh. runs iOS on it, called tvOS, oh, but that's another does thing. It? Does it now? So <laughs> Delta will run on iPad, iPhone, iPod Touch, and also Apple TV, fully native, allowing you to play like these games on like an actual home console. Which is really nice. Wow. In my opinion. It's going to feel like the good old days. Just like the good old days. Plug in your Apple TV into an HD TV, just like... Just like you did back in the 1990s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, Riley. Uh-huh. Do you care to share with the listeners when you expect Delta to be released, or is that not on the table yet? That is not on the table yet. Ooh. Because I have learned from the past about giving release dates that I have not been able to meet and being <laughs> hit with... Ex- extreme criticism and hate do you how do you block out the haters on twitter how do you block them out riley i, how I do don't you really them block them out that i just ignore them honestly i don't really block that many people on twitter <laughs> lots of people are like very liberal with the block button i really don't use it that much but i do get a fair amount of people getting frustrated with me or like not revealing enough information and so i mostly just don't reply to them but at the same time i'm not always checking twitter so i miss a lot of stuff in general so <laughs> I guess that kind of helps. I'm not constantly checking to see if there's any haters. And also, for the most part, it's just people being nice. If you And if you guys want to see more of Riley's Twitter happenings escapades. on Twitter, <laughs> just check him out at, at Riley Testa, just a humble little 
<laughs> slide in right there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Anytime. Yeah, so let's let's try and like we, we've gone in like a lot of like very deep into the nerdy emulatory direction, and uh -huh. I say nerdy as someone who like really loves that. Hey, nerds uh, are great. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I'm a huge um, nerd. I'm so huge for nerd. just to to reel it back into kind of what this podcast is all about, this entrepreneurial spirit and uh, creating projects that have meaning to you. Um, what would you say to someone who was in your position in high school? They're learning to code. Mm -hmm. They're uh, starting to become able to create things that they have ideas for, what advice would you give them um, so that they feel like they're using that to the fullest potential that they can? I would, I mean, the generic, stay with it. Because when you find yourself working on something that you love doing, it just is kind of magical. It's in a way, like, you just get happy working on this. And for the first few years, many, many years of my development, I sucked as a developer. I didn't know what I was doing. And I somehow managed to get by. And just like by just doing that over and over and just keep focusing on what I wanted to do, I evolved the skills I needed to do. And so if you're in a position where like you wanted to make stuff, just like just do it. You need everyone needs to have some passion in their life that they do outside of school, outside of work, everything like that. And I think that's a good way to do it. That answered your question. Yeah, no, it definitely answered it. And so I guess um sort of at the the crux of this this question is more like when people go into college and people start learning coding, there's this pressure to enter uh, the software development corporate world where people uh, just work on other people's projects. And you seem kind of against that. So can you speak a little bit to that? This is probably the most unpopular opinion, but I hate that. I Oh, this is totally going to screw me up for any future job interviews. <laughs> but I love being independent developer. I strongly dislike working for projects that aren't my own. I need to have that commitment to something that I'm making or like have to say in a final product. Not because I want control, but I want it to feel like my baby. I want to have that. So when I'm working for like a company, like I interned at Bottle Rocket Studios uh, back in like Dallas, and it's a great place to work. And I love all the people, but I was working on projects for other people. Like I was working on Scholastic apps or stuff like that. And it was, it was a good place to learn experience, but because it wasn't my own app in the beginning, I didn't really have fully said, I was just told what to do. It was just not enjoyable. And so for me, my long-term goal is just to be an independent developer. I want to stay at home. I want to have a family. I want to be able to, like, to see my kids all the time, just like work from home. I think that'd be really nice. I just don't see myself, at least long-term, working at a software company. Even Apple, who I like revere and love, I don't know if I could work there. What about Nintendo. I don't know if Nintendo wants me. <laughs> Probably not. I used to want to be a video game developer. That used to be like the goal. And now I just like making apps in general. So I don't know, it'd be pretty cool working at Nintendo though. So you wanna you wanna work from home. So what is your ideal home office situation? My ideal home office situation. It's exactly the same as my dad's right now. He has I mean he works away from home, but he has he has an office at home. And what it, he has his bedroom, him and my mom have a bedroom, and then attached right to it is his office. And it looks out into the backyard. You can see the pool. You can see our, like, all, our backyard's kind of big, so it's a nice little view. And you can just work there. And I want to be able to do that, just work at my desk. And then when I have a problem, just go lay down on my bed and just, like, think about the problem. Because that's like, my best problem-solving technique is just take a break, go lay down on your bed, toss a ball in the air, maybe fall asleep. But I just think that, I don't know, it's just a really relaxing environment to be able to go from desk to bed really easily. I need that break in my life. Um, yeah, all right. Um, we're going to do, do, like, a... Like a, a little little brain teaser type question, <laughs> something something kind of out there. Okay. All right. So let's say uh, you're you're developing 
a dope new emulator. Dope new emulator? Super, super, super dope. dope. So dope. Okay. Um, and then someone else comes on the scene and is developing an emulator that does almost exactly the same thing. Like, you're, you're developing the world's first Wii U emulator for yeah. TI-84. Don't reveal it. Oh, sorry. Um, and someone else is like, I'm also doing this. What what would you do about that? Because I feel like that's something that probably happens a lot in that space, right? Um, it entirely depends on who the other people are. Mm. If the other people are, like, respectable developers, are, like, cool people, I think that's awesome. I love actually being in a space com- that's competitive with other people I respect. If they were arrogant jerks that I hate, I would go, I would just, I don't know. I'd probably still do the same thing. I'd want to make sure my product's perfect. I would just hate them while I did it. Because the perfect example of this is, like, well, I guess a little story. When I was working on Camera Prime, I it did, like, decently. But there's this app out there that everyone used called Camera Plus. Like, really successful. The developers behind that, I hated. They were huge jerks. They, they crapped on, like, all other developers. It was just a really awful environment that they made. And I just hated that they were on top for that. So I want to make sure I could do a really good app. That also be a good person. But if they were really good people working on Camera Plus, they'd be like, this is kind of nice, a nice like way to work on both. I'd probably reach out to them maybe and see if there's any way we could work together on something, mm-hmm. like have some partnership of some sorts. But, yeah. If there's another person like me working on a dope emulator, I'd probably be like, hey, let's like work together or something. Aw. It'd be nice. That's nice. So what do you think your, I guess, biggest strength is for developing? Like, what are you really good at? Because, like... What we know so far is that you're a good developer. Uh-huh. Like, what aspect of that do you think makes you great? Um, I think, honestly, the fact that I really, really care about my code and that I really want it to be good, which is actually kind of different than what it used to be. Even when I was making GBA 2.0, I just only cared about the user experience, and mm-hmm. I wasn't that concerned with actual code going into it. Like, it wasn't awful code, but it definitely wasn't stellar. But now I take great pride in the amount of time I take to make sure I do everything the right way which the user effectively never sees, but for me, it's a big deal. But also on top of that, I want to make sure that the user experience is perfect. I don't want to ship anything that's subpar. I don't want to ship an app that has some like, weird UI design or something like that. So overall, I'd say I want to make sure that both the product for the user is great and the code that makes a product is great. So have you ever gotten into trouble with that perfectionism of just waiting a while to ship something out? Because you mentioned some people, you, you announced the start date for GBA. And then- yeah. All hell broke loose. So, I I guess that was the biggest time it's been an issue is when I announced. Well, I was dumb and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna come out in October," because only because I was like, "It's probably gonna come out in October." It didn't come out in October, but just because it wasn't done. But beyond that, I've never gotten in trouble by waiting so long. But I could very well see in the future that could be a problem. Like if I'm working on an app and there's a competitor coming out and they get to market first because they just got it out there. Whereas I'm like spending so much time trying to make sure a button is perfect. So that could be a problem. So I need to essentially, what's, I guess one of my biggest problems is knowing when to ship, like when things are good enough, because especially for a version 1.0 of a product, you can have, I don't, it shouldn't be bad, but you don't have to have every feature you need in it. You can add features over time. And yeah. it's hard for me to pick what features aren't worth a 1.0 release. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so far, it seems like your main projects on iOS, at least after your initial phase of trying things out, have been emulators uh do you think you're always going to be the guy who develops emulators for mobile devices or is there somewhere else that you're hoping to go with it i do not want to always be the emulator person as much as i love working emulators and they're really fun the long-term goal is to work on other stuff 
like there's this project called Hoot that me and Paul worked on going back to sophomore year of high school, I think. And it was just always the idea we had in mind, and we'd always work on it, and then be like, oh, no, hold on, GBA is becoming successful. GBA is becoming successful. Let's work on that. And then GBA finishes, and they get shut down. Like, okay, let's work on Hoot again. And then Paul goes to Africa because he's Mormon, and he's on his Mormon mission. And so at some point, I want to work on Hoot with him when he comes back, maybe. But, yeah, I definitely see myself working on just other apps. Literally, I have no idea what, but they'll just come to me at the time. But for the meantime, probably emulators. Cool. And so nice. when you when you decide to approach a product, um, or project, I should say, for the most part, um, what makes you... So something like Hoot, uh, which is... A secret. A secret. Um, but oh like what, what what makes you want to work on that type of project? Just the fact that I need it in my life. Hoot came out of a need because there are lots of these like competitor apps, and I was like, I don't like any of them. I want to work on my own, and we were going to do well with it. But so the next app idea I have will be probably inevitably when I just get frustrated. Like, I was looking for a really good to-do app recently, and I really couldn't find one. And so I'm trying out this one called To-Do, the number two-do. And I like it, but it's too powerful for my needs. And I just haven't been able to find a nice, like, simple to-do app. So I was saying, hey, maybe I'll make it, like, a to-do app. I don't think it's going to happen. Don't get excited for that. (laughs) Not that anyone really gets excited about to-do apps. But... It's like that's exactly how it would come out. I'm trying to do something, can't find something I want, so I do it myself. The problem is I have to be committed to work on it for like nine months. So I have to actually really want it. Right. So I think uh, we really got to know Riley pretty well. But before we close and call it a day, <laughs> we uh, we have some rapid-fire questions prepared for you, Riley. I like a lightning rapid round. Fire. A lightning round is impending, and he has not seen any of these questions, nor has he seen any of the questions you were asking before, but this is, uh, he has no idea what's coming. This is correct. So, uh, off the cuff right here. I'll start things off. Okay. Vine or Instagram? Quick. Vine, obviously. Never play Pokemon again or never eat Chick-fil-A again? Never play Pokemon again. I like Chick-fil-A. Uh, what do you say to people who give you angry reviews? I don't say anything to them. I just <laughs> ignore them. Indeed. 13 inches tall or 13 feet tall? Ooh, 13 inches. That'd be pretty cool. A whole different perspective. 13 inches tall or 13 centimeters tall? Oh. Well, obviously centimeters. Metric system superior in every way. 13 centimeters tall or 13 planks tall? Can't be the plank like Ed, Ed and Eddie. I just pick like, thirteen. Yes. One of those. Yes, cool that'd be though. about that'd be about your normal height, probably. I, I don't think so. No. I, um, what is the best thing about being twenty? I'm in the second decade. It's the worst thing about being twenty. I'm not twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> what song gets you lit like no other? Ooh, ooh! Right now, I love listening to. Um, oh. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. It's a pump me up song because I love I listen to it in the shower and I listen to it like whenever I do like cool stuff. Don't stop me now. Ooh, I'm having such a good time. Don't, don't I'm having a bop. Yeah, um, it's a good pump me up song. Okay, what song do you wish would just go away? I don't know. I don't know if I really like just really dislike a song right now. I pretty much like every song, more or less. Well, yeah, I know. That's great. I so I can't think of one. Uh what 
I feel like listeners want to know what you like on your pizza. Nothing. <laughs> Maybe cheese, no one wants to know that. Cheese, <laughs> tomato sauce. That's about it. Oh, what, margarita pizza is pretty nice. What do you like on your burgers? I like nothing on my burgers, Grant. I like the burger and I like the bun. Or like the patty and the bun. Just like my brother. Nothing else. Why would you have anything else in the burger? The meat's the best part. What makes you cry? What makes me cry? Toy Story 3. Oh. <laughs> what about Inside Out? Have you seen that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Ooh. Does that make you cry? Uh, yeah, I teared up with that one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go spoilers for anyone. Bold. <laughs> great movie. Whose brain would you like to pick? Brain would I like to pick? Huh. Oh, Steve Jobs. Mm. Nose? <laughs> Tim Cook. Mm. Uh, if you could play one instrument, what instrument would you? Pick? Oh, easily marimba. But I already played marimba, oh. so does that count? <laughs> easily. <laughs> like marimba's really no, great. No, that doesn't count. Another one. Uh, another one. Um, oh, oh, what's that thing that's like a, a cylinder and has water on it, and you like use your hands on it, and people, it's cursed or something. Benjamin Franklin, I think, played it. The most vague I've ever heard. There's this one instrument that's supposedly cursed, and like, I could be totally described. It's like a cylinder, like rotates, and you use your hands on it, and it's supposedly cursed because people who play it like go crazy or something. This is a horrible description. People want to play this. I don't know. It looks really cool. This is an awful description. It probably doesn't have water or anything. I'm probably being sounding so stupid. I'm actually really curious Listeners about it. tweet in. Yeah, we'll have to... Have to pro- okay, it probably doesn't have water. I'm probably totally making that up. It has it's some cylinder thing that Ben Franklin, I think, played. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, harpsichord? Oh. Harpsichord? Harp, that actually does sound familiar. That's that's a totally... That's not what that is. <laughs> that's like a piano, but with strings that get plucked. <laughs> not that. That's what a harpsichord is. <laughs> um, how do you decompress? I sleep. I lay on my bed. That's about it. <laughs> Very nice. One place you want to visit before you die? Antarctica. I'm trying to get to all seven continents, and I've been to five right now. Ooh. I need to be in South America and Antarctica. I feel like Antarctica is pretty cool to say that you've been to. So when, what's your... Oh, go. No, no, mine was just going to be like a dumb takeoff of that question that probably wouldn't have revealed any insights. Okay, mine, mine is probably that question, but it was going to be, uh, <laughs> what's, the favorite, what's your favorite place that you've been to? Well, it's got to be New Zealand. I mean, mm. it's, it's a cop-out answer, but I live five years of my life there, and we visit every other year, and it's a wonderful place. I'm going there this summer, and I just get so happy. That's Wait. Ooh, or Disney World. <laughs> One of two. Another question. So we already know the answer to this, but uh, have you ever been in a, uh, in a commercial <laughs> source <laughs> when in New Zealand? And if so, what was that for? That's a very specific question. <laughs> oh, how would we know? That, we, we ask this to everyone. Yeah, we, uh, no, we ask this to everyone. Specifically in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, I have been a commercial. What? Finally, <laughs> someone has. Oh, wow. It was this commercial for this brand of cereal called Wheat Bix. And they had this new thing called Wheat Bix Fruity. Literally, like, in New Zealand, Wheat Bix is the cereal that everyone eats. And so, I, in, the, in New Zealand, I was, like, an actor. I had an agent and everything. And so, me and my sister were hired to do this commercial. And we had to eat this cereal called Wheat Bix Fruity. And it's probably not a bad cereal, but I found it awful. First of all, I don't really like fruit in general, so I was just eating this fruit. <laughs> and I also don't like milk in my cereal, so I'd have milk in my cereal. <laughs> Shut up. So it was really <laughs> soggy, really soggy cereal with fruit in it, and it was awful, and we had to do multiple takes, and so I had to keep, like, smiling and eat it, and I had to pretend like I enjoyed it, but I hated it so much. But it was cool. I got do you, to eat Do you cereal. have the footage from that? I mean, of course I do. It's on YouTube. Oh, oh. Let's, let's uh, tell our listeners how they can find that on oh, YouTube. Oh, God. It's under my brother's old YouTube account called Blaze Quaza. <laughs> how is that spelled? Blaze, as in Blaziken. 
What? what? <laughs> and That's then Quasar as in Ray Quasar. Okay. <laughs> this helps us a lot. <laughs> so if you could be in any commercial then, what what commercial, what product would it be for? I feel like an Apple commercial would be pretty cool. Mm. Like or, the, or, the tech oh. company, Apple? <laughs> no, like for eating apples. Oh, not no. apple flavored whatever wheat, wheat, wheat picks. picks for, wheat picks. Wheat picks? Wheat picks. Wheat picks. That just doesn't Bic sound very appetizing. A, uh, it's like it's a ball? weedy good cereal. It sounds like know. a like a, a pen that dispenses like strips of wheat, like a, like a wheat bick. Oh, I get it. That's unfortunate. Thanks. That's funny. Thanks, Riley. <laughs> Thanks. I acknowledge that joke. Wait, I was gonna say something. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you would be in an Apple commercial. Oh, oh I was gonna, or Nintendo apples. commercial if I could play video games. Ah, uh. this is totally tangent. One hundred percent tangent. Not related at all. <laughs> but this is something I would love to happen. Is if somehow Nintendo came to me and said, "Hey, we don't like you making emulators, but." We'll challenge you to like a Mario Kart or like a Smash Bros. battle. And if you win, you can have official emulators. And Ooh. I was like, wouldn't that be so cool? If like in court, it was like this, <laughs> this Smash Bros. battle to determine the future of emulation. And then I won. Reggie, if you're listening, balls in your court. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I think it's only fair. Very exciting. And with that, I think Spark XM is coming to a close. Riley? Uh huh. Thank you. Thank you so very much. very much. I love being here. I love being on air as opposed to just in the corner making notes about the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Once again, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Riley. For those of you listening, at Riley Tested on Twitter, you could become one of his many other followers. I'm sure he's going to be happy to have you, and he'll welcome you with open arms. I love each and every one of you. Be careful to add the right Riley because there's a lot of fake Riley's yeah don't spell Riley with a capital I for the L for instance because that'll be someone else <laughs> <laughs> and uh signing off I'm Mark Pockervon joined by Grant Glinner Ricky who so that's it for Riley Grant Ricky and Mark thanks so much for tuning in thanks for having me everyone really appreciate it thanks for coming in Riley see you guys next week peace out adios Bye -bye.